Hey guys, welcome back to Cannabis and Conversation. So today I'm extremely excited. I have an amazing guest here. Uh, her name is Jai Kinsey, and we are talking about fighting the war on drugs. Um, so I'm super excited. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate you. Um, and this is going to be a really good conversation, guys. So make sure, first and foremost, that you turn your volume up, get your headphones in, get your water, sit down, relax, um, and enjoy the conversation. So just to introduce you guys to Jai, uh, she is a California native. Shout out to Cali. Um, and she is the director of <laughs> Impact at Green Thumb. Um, Good Green is a movement bringing cannabis responsible consumers and change-making organizations together to create real sustainable progress against the war on drugs. Um, so without further ado, Jai, I will let you kind of tell the people a little bit about you, um, and then we're going to hop right into the conversation. Hi, thank you so much, Kayla, for having me here first and foremost. So thank you for having me. Excited to chat with you. Hello, everyone listening in and watching. Um, you know, like um, Kayla mentioned, I'm Jai Kinsey. I'm the director of social impact at Green Thumb Industries. We are a um, cannabis consumer packaged goods company. We have operations um, facilities across the United States. We have 17 facilities. We have 77 dispensaries across the United States. And I lead our philanthropic efforts through our social impact program. I come to GTI with nearly 20 years experience working in the CSR and communication space in the U.S. and abroad in Australia. So um, I've done a ton of work across the corporate, nonprofit and government space working um, um, in, in specifically to target multicultural populations. So it was really great to come and join Green Thumb to support their um, social impact efforts. Awesome. Thank you so much. I am really excited to have you. Um, I loved reading up about you. Um, so I think we're going to have a really good conversation, guys. Um, so make sure while you're here, while you're listening, go ahead and hit subscribe. Don't play because you know I'm coming with the good content. Um, and let's get into the war on drugs and talk a little bit about um, your journey into the industry and let's get into it. So first and foremost, I want you to talk a little bit about how how, how has cannabis use personally driven your passion to be an advocate in the industry? Um, as you know, there are a lot of challenges to being an advocate. Um, there's a lot that comes with it. And I think that now we're getting to a place where the, the industry is on an incline, I would like to think. But tell yeah. us a little bit about, um, you know, your passion to be an advocate. You know, it's interesting because before coming to GTI, you know, can we say cannabis, but I come from the, the space where we called it weed. <laughs> we called it weed. So, you know, it's always been part of my life, even before coming to GTI work, you know, being from California, my family comes from the legacy market. My mother sold weed to take care of me and my sister as a single mother. She, you know, on top of her regular job, she did that on the side. You know, my brother-in-law sold weed to take care of his family since he was 15 until adulthood and it was just always within my household and part of just regular life like people who grew up watching their family drinking a glass of wine at the end of the night i grew up watching my smoking a <laughs> so you know being in an environment where this is was just part you know what was normal for me it was definitely something where 
I wanted to ensure that, you know, it's normalized in California. You know, it's, it's so normalized. I, I felt, I felt like being in a space where I can help create to normalize um, cannabis in other states and throughout, through our efforts was something that was important to me. But um, the main reason why I came to GTI was um, in, into the space of cannabis advocacy is when I, um, when I was working in my previous role in the George Floyd murder happened, it was a time in my life where I really wanted to focus on a space where I could support black communities and black and brown communities because it was like like most black people during that time it was like such a sense of like rage and sense of like helplessness and like what can i do and what do i want to do to like be part of that change you know what i mean so it was a, a moment in time like in addition to other factors it was just like i have to figure out what it is that i can do in my life that has some level of purpose that will help to support my community and, you know, if you're going to spend 40 hours a week doing a job, it better, for me, it was like, it better be something that at least drives me in terms of my um, my life force, like my purpose. And so I wrote it down exactly what I wanted. And so it was definitely the passion for supporting the Black community, Black and Brown communities, but also just wanted to do something that was aligned with my purpose. And so when looking at this cannabis space, it was really interesting how my personal life with, you know, my family coming from the legacy market and then me wanting to do work supporting um, communities of color kind of came together just on its own with me. It just came together on its own. And so when I got into this space, it was just so perfect because I was able to um, think about, you know, how did it feel when my brother-in-law went to prison? How did it feel when, you know, when, you know, my mother could have gone to prison and lost both me and my sister at that time. So the opportunity to be able to advocate for organizations and people who are in this space through my job, who help to prevent those types of things, who work to help get people out of prison, work to help legalize um, weed in various states, or help to um, support, you know, the normalization of cannabis. That's something that just it hits so many, not only professional levels, but personally hits me in terms of a way like, because I know what individuals in that space are going through and what it's like. And so being able to do that through my job is just something that's um, magical for me because it um, it has meaning. And, you know, there's nothing like being able to work in a space that's meaningful. I love that. So it really sounds like you were able to combine um your passion and your skill together um, yeah and, I and that's that happened it's so common in cannabis that a lot of people um they take the skills that they had before and they're like wait if i could just transfer these skills over into cannabis like i could be doing something that i really really enjoy and also yes. maximizing my skill set yeah so it sounds like you you figured that out and you connected that dot that, hey, I not only do I have this personal experience, but I have this professional skill set. What can I do within this industry to be able to maximize on that? So I love exactly. that. Yeah, no, it, it, it's interesting. So it's like when I talk about it, I'm really just talking from experience. And, you know, a lot of times you see people, especially of color in the corporate space, and a lot of us have similar backgrounds. And we just happened to be the one that moved into this corporate space that, you know, is very new to us. You know, I'm the first one in my immediate family to be in this corporate space. And so 
you know, I always tell, especially young people who are almost sometimes ashamed of their background, that this is your superpower. Having this background, this uniqueness with it, uh, from your background and who of who you are, that's what will make you stand out in the room. No one knows what that experience is like but you. And when you're in those rooms and decisions are being made, it's imperative that you share it. And so that there's a deeper understanding because that's how we become a unified world community is having an understanding and empathy for each other. And it starts with storytelling and ensuring that everyone's story is heard and understood in those spaces. Absolutely. And that's why I think like one of the biggest, biggest things that I focus on with my platforms is uplifting voices. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think the more people that we can get to share their stories and their experiences and like real world application, not yes. propaganda, not made up stories, not mm -hmm. uh, fictitious theories. Right. But real life experience from people. And I, I even said this to someone on Twitter. I said, you, you need to start talking to people, <laughs> right? Yeah. talk to actual humans and let them allow them to just tell you their experience. Right. And right. the combination of that, I think, is what we need, especially black black voices. We need to be uplifting yes. black voices for sure. So I, I absolutely love that. Um, now I would love <laughs> to talk a little bit about why is work done at the local level so important in the fight against the impact left on the war on drugs? Um, I know that a lot of people are very familiar with federal, right? They know president. I vote for the president. But a lot of people they don't vote in their their local on the local level um they're not focused on what's going on in their state they're not focused on what's going on in their city they're not focused on what's going on in their neighborhood right right um, so talk a little bit about that and it's so important too i li i literally i just went to go see michelle obama speak here i'm in chicago and she talked about how how important it is to start small you know how the big can be so overwhelming but starting small and that starting small can start with your neighborhood council, start with your you know neighborhood committees, your local county committees, state. But it's so important in the cannabis space just because when um, not every state has automatic expungement, not every state has cannabis regulations that are beneficial to individuals from the legacy market and individuals who have cannabis criminal records. Through um, Good Green, the work that we do in terms of supporting nonprofits on the local level, it's incredibly important because of those exact reasons that I just explained. They, those organizations in those local markets are supporting on the ground and they're in the trenches helping the community members. And not only that, they're trusted members of the community. When you go into places, they're not the big splashy nonprofits that have like 80 chapters everywhere. They, it's that local organization that everybody everybody's mama know grandmama know <laughs> they grew up seeing them in the community they grew the grew up seeing them in their churches or wherever and they know that they're legit and they know that they are um have a um a voice and a force within that community so through the good green grant we really look to provide that unrestricted funding to organizations like that that are hyper local just because typically they are um kind of ignored sometimes and um, not looked at as as impactful as those larger national, not to say that the national organizations aren't impactful because they are, but sometimes particularly for communities of color, when it comes to that trust factor, 
it's 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 a bit more it's a bit it's beneficial to really connect with those folks that are on the ground in the trenches and trusted by the local community. Absolutely. And I think that's that that's one area that I do think is important is building that rapport and trust with people. Um, because I've heard some very, very traumatic, um, unfair stories about cannabis, especially when it comes to mothers, which I've talked a little bit about on my platforms. Um, and so it's a space that I think we're all trying to navigate, right? Like it took me a really long time to trust anybody talking to them about cannabis outside of my husband, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, it wasn't because, really a thing for me. Right. I see people all the time now, mothers coming out, showing like, you know, it's called the mm -hmm. cannamoms, where they're out there like, yeah, we we also have, you know, a lot of them is for medical use because they suffer with postpartum depression mm -hmm. or other areas, but it's definitely a, something that is of concern. So you think about in various states where, you know, there could be issues with the mother, or, you know, who is using cannabis, Thank goodness for those um, organizations that are there locally on the ground who would pay attention to small, you know, what we might someone might consider a small story, a small local story, a small local incident. But those um, organizations, because they are so on the ground and in the weeds of what's happening in their communities, that the need for resources is um, tremendous. And so through Good Grain, we definitely look for those types of small organizations that help um, their local community members in that way. I love that. I love that. We definitely need more of a focus on the local level. Um, you know, I think we, we've got quite a ways to go, I think, but I also think we're collectively, I think we're making baby steps. I think yeah. things are um, headed in the right direction, right? I always try to keep a mindset of like, stay positive, but don't expect too much. But, you know, like, like, because I just feel like this, the conversation around legalization and the stigmas, I feel like it's been a conversation for so long that sometimes I'm like, what's not clicking for some of you? Like, what's not clicking, right? Um, but I think the more that we start having the conversations, we're involved in our communities, we're uplifting um, the smaller stories that possibly get overlooked, right? Like, you don't, you don't really see stories regarding cannabis and racial disparities being blown up on the big screen. Like you don't, mm -hmm. you don't, um, the only time you're really going to hear those stories is really getting into the communities and talking to people, local, exactly. people, local people, the community, the neighborhoods, that's really where you're going to get the bulk of it from. Exactly. Um, so I love that. Now, can you tell us, and I think you kind of dived into it, but just to kind of talk about it a little more, Tell us a little bit about um, restorative justice and how Good Green is working to advance diversity and equality in the cannabis space. So can you tell us a little bit about that and what, what you guys have going on? Yeah, so Good Green, so as I said, I'm the director of social impact. So the work I do is through our, we have our Growing for Good initiative. So the Growing Good for initiative is our overarching philanthropic efforts of the organization. And we focus on four key pillars, restorative justice, community engagement, diversity, equity, inclusion, and environmental stewardship. So through restorative justice, we have our um, brand. It's a cannabis brand, Good Green. The cannabis brand is sold in various markets across the United States. And we developed this brand to reinvent with the aim to reinvest um, cannabis 
dollars back into black and brown communities disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. So through that, we're able to provide unrestricted funding to organizations that focus on um, three key areas, employment, education, and expungement. So just recently, um, we're, we're definitely on track. We just announced um, four organizations who just won our grant um, most recently, um, the Minority Cannabis Academy out of New Jersey, an amazing organization that is doing incredible work, uh, workforce development programming for um, black and brown community members there in New Jersey. Also the PD Green program out of Princeton, New Jersey. That's another incredible program that's working to provide, they bring college students to tutor incarcerated individuals to help them get their um, diplomas and to provide them with some type of Edu um, additional education so that they can succeed when they are released from prison. So it's a nice program because it helps to open the eyes and connect individuals from colleges who haven't been exposed to the stories, you know, and the experiences of individuals who've been incarcerated. But it also brings their skill set to um, those um, prison facilities to help uplift those um, incarcerated individuals. So we definitely um, love supporting that program, as well as the Canna Equity, um, Cannabis Equity Illinois Coalition here in Illinois. They're a great program that really focuses on expungement work and providing wraparound services to individuals. And then lastly, um, no, no Left Turns in Virginia. They recently just won and they're a program that helps um, incarcerated individuals by providing direct services to them. So. It's, it's been a great program. Those are just our recent members. We just announced them on Giving Tuesday, November 29th. So it's all, this is all fresh, these new winners. But we've given over $1.3 million to organizations this entire year, um, throughout the year. And it's just something wow. we're incredibly proud of to ensure that we tap into organizations, again, that are local on the ground doing that expungement education and employment work. Um, so yeah, it, it's been a great effort and we're, we look forward to continuing the support of organizations in one or, um, one or all three of those areas in the next year. Awesome, I love that, I love that. I love seeing people, I, people in, um, in cannabis who can recognize that one, there's a lot of work to be done, but also the, the racial disparities. Um, and I made a post about this and I, I basically said, if you're in the cannabis space and I don't ever see you discussing, advocating, talking about having conversations with black and brown people or even talking about the 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 unfair treatment that goes on, right? Yeah. Even though neck as far as consumption, African-Americans, Caucasians, they're about neck and neck, right? It's not like the, the black community is by far leading the charge, right? Um, right. And so I, I sometimes it, it makes me cringe because I'm like, there's no way you can be really involved and passionate about cannabis and not acknowledge that part. Yeah, so, it, it's like, it's almost like ripping out history. And yeah. I tell folks when we have our um, new higher orientation, I always, we tell the story, we start off with that wonderful clip um, with Jay-Z and I think it was the New York Times where he did that video op-ed where he gives the full, a very succinct and wonderful breakdown of the history of 
the failed war on drugs. And we start off with that clip because I, it's important for me to ensure people coming into Green Thumb Industries understand like this is an industry that you're entering that has a very hard, like a hit, has a very, um, you know, horrible history behind it. And so we cannot forget that because ignoring that and forgetting that just cuts out to me it just would be a slap in the face to black and brown people who've had to suffer decades of abuse decades of prison time decades of just trauma connected to yeah more than that probably (laughs) of just trauma attached to this um the propaganda attached to this flower not the flower, but the propaganda that was attached to this flower. So definitely, um, I agree. It, you you cannot um, do one without the other. You have to know the history and be um, empathetic to individuals of color who are in this space and open to um, and be a champion for diversity within this space. Absolutely. Just to kind of close it out, um, tell, and you kind of touched on this as well, because you, you're you like ahead of it, girl. Um, but you kind of talked about why did Green Thumb create the Good Green Grant Program? You know, what was the inspiration? Um, what is the goal? How can people support? Like, what can they do to help move the mission forward? Yeah, so it was really a brainchild of our CEO, um, Ben Kofler. So he wanted to create a brand that was solely focused focused on giving back. So our Good Green brand, we it launched in 2021, and through that brand, like I mentioned before, it the whole the sole focus of it is to reinvest in Black and Brown communities impacted by negatively impacted by the war on drugs. So even if you go on, you know. Um, Good Green's Instagram, our website, um, good.green, you will see that primarily we're just talking about the good work that's happening versus the actual flower. And we leverage it as a platform. We leverage the brand as a platform to really amplify the voices of Black and Brown people who are already out there in the trenches doing the work, who are out there already loud and pushing and, um, you know, fighting for equality within this space. So even, you know, we're constantly looking for ways to leverage that platform to do just that. So it's definitely a great opportunity for us, again, to provide resources through um, grants that we've been doing. Um, We've given, like I said, over 1.3 million to organizations nationwide this past year. And then um, next year, we'll continue to provide support in one or all three of those areas of expungement, employment and education. And, it, um, you know, I'm just happy to see how we can use this brand as a tool for good to support people in this community. So, you know, you can go to good.green to the website to learn more. And I want to make sure I get the um, Instagram page right. So I'm going to make sure I have the right <laughs> Instagram page. It's um, Be Good Green. On um, at B Good Green, so B E G O O D Green G R E E N. So you can follow B Good Green, 
and you can keep up with all the activities that are happening. You can learn about all of our grantees so you can follow their pages um, and keep up with the activities that they're doing in the community. Um, you'll see posts about black and brown entrepreneurs doing work in the community. So yeah, um, definitely in terms of supporting, it's just really working to help amplify those voices of the individuals in the, in the local communities. I absolutely love that. Um, well, of course, I want to not only thank you for taking the time to come speak with me and share this with us today, but also thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, yeah. We need tons of more people like you and, <laughs> and this movement. We need tons of it. Um, I think that with you guys leading the way, um, I think we're headed in a good direction. Um, so I, I definitely want to thank you on behalf of myself and all of my listeners, thank you for the work you do because it's much needed. Um, I think we also another area opportunity is the people who are doing right, like uplift the people who we can see saying this person is doing a great job and being able to showcase their story and let them speak and just um, encourage other people to share their stories too. So I wanted to thank you. Um, thank so you. I good to go like i said guys make sure you check out um their instagram she gave it to you guys i will make sure to have all of the links available um so you can connect with jai and then you can also connect with the organization to kind of get more information please support please support i think the more support the better um because we have a lot of work to do guys we have a lot of work to do especially in the black community so i want to thank you so much for coming on guys make sure you subscribe make sure you connect um i'm going to be having plenty more guests that are coming on to provide more information more content it's time to highlight voices y'all we got to get these people on these platforms get them talking and we got to start making a difference so thank you guys so much make sure you hit subscribe you can check me out on instagram as well at kayla the ceo um also before we go public service announcement i was banned off TikTok. so if you're oh, looking no. there i'm not there um but I am on Twitter. Okay, that's going to be my new home. So make sure you follow me on Twitter. Um, that's where I post podcast updates. That's where I talk about the industry. And we just have really good conversation there. So thank you so much again, Jai. I really appreciate you guys. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you.